Hey friend, thank you for joining me once again. I have a question for you, as I often do. Have you ever been in one of those circumstances where you were tired of waiting? Just tired of the the mon monotony, the minutia, the lack of any forward direction. Maybe you've been in an airport before. Maybe you've been in a DMV or whatever your state calls it. You know what I'm talking about? There are few things that can drive me up a wall like what feels like unnecessary waiting. I have prayed for patience before, and you know what they say about that. If you pray for it, God might just try to work it out of you. He may try to cause you to be more patient and give you opportunities to exercise that attribute. Well, I think of my father, that old military quote, he was in the army for many years, hurry up and wait. I'm not talking about us waiting on God. I'm talking today and this week about God waiting on us. We're going to find our scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 1. Deuteronomy chapter 1 is where we will be. I invite you to join me. And I want to thank each and every one of you, our longtime listeners and viewers. If you listen on a podcast, maybe you watch on YouTube. If you find us on VCY TV, or maybe you listen on one of the myriad of radio stations nationwide and some internationally that carry Bible Tract Echoes, I want to thank you for that. You know, I have the grand privilege of being the director of Bible Tracks Incorporated, and I'm not so uppity about that title whatsoever. I'm much more proud of the fact that God has let me be a father, let me be husband to my beautiful wife. But God, my vocation, he's called me to be the director of this ministry and an evangelist. And as an evangelist, an itinerant preacher, traveling hither and yon, I'm in airports a lot. I'm in lines a lot. Sometimes you're waiting on a rental car. Sometimes you're waiting on a ticket to check in all these different types of places. But sometimes, and there may be no place where the sweat begins to trickle down your back more, where the lack of air circulation feels more stifling than when you've already checked your bags, you've waited in the security lines, you opened up and taken out your laptops and all those types of things, you've waited at the gate. You've been there maybe an hour or two or three early, depending on your layover situation. And then you get on the plane. Knowing me, I'm not sitting in first class or business class. I don't think I ever have in my life, and I don't know if I ever will. And so I'm normally one of those guys getting on the plane at the end in group three, four, five, or six. I don't even know if they have a group seven, but I'd be in it probably. And there you are, finally walking on the plane is the Lord would have it. Usually there's a spot to put your bag. I am a longer individual. I'm about six foot two. Putting them underneath my feet is not where I want to put the bag. So I find a place up top and then you sit down. And then maybe you have that faint hope as you push away from the jetway, push away from the terminal. And then some point at some point in between where you're taxiing and as you try to get to whatever runway you're supposed to be you trust those two men or women in the nice freshly pressed white shirts sitting as captain and co-pilot up front we put our lives in their hands and they taxi us to where we're supposed to be but there are the times and these might be the most difficult of all when you stop on the jetway when you stop on the taxi area, when you stop 
anywhere before you already feel like I'm supposed to be taking off. I can almost feel like I'm home. Even when I, I think of in particular a specific time, my wife and I were traveling back from Kenya and uh, we were getting on a plane at like 11 o'clock at night. At least that's when it was scheduled to leave Nairobi. Well, Nairobi airport, they had three power outages in the two hours I was there which means all the systems reset, not just for airplanes and things, but also for the check-in and it caused massive issues, delayed things. And so we asked them, we, we checked in at like 10.50, the line was so long, and we asked, I'm assuming the plane is being delayed for everybody, right? Because there's like 30 people in line behind me waiting on to, waiting to get to the, on this plane to JFK so I can get to Chicago. And they say, our system says it's still taking off on time. Liars, of course it was delayed. We didn't get on the plane. We didn't get through security and all that rigmarole until after midnight. And then we sit on the plane. And then we sit on the plane some more. And we continue sitting on the plane. And we got to a place where I was saying to myself, and maybe even out loud, this has gone on long enough. I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I'll be honest with you that the last few days of the Kenya trip back in December, I had gotten a little bit sick. It didn't seem to be anything I'd eaten or what have you. Just had some tailbone trouble. That sounds great getting on a plane for 15 hours. That sounds marvelous, doesn't it? I'm not bemoaning. I'm just, I'm embellishing the story. All right. But in all seriousness, I was thinking this plane is going to be in the air for 15, 15 and a half hours once we take off, and we took off late. What did we do? We missed our flight from JFK to Chicago. And so we got bumped seven, eight, almost nine hours to a flight in the evening. We landed in JFK in the morning. We waited some more. We finally made it after we had waited, in my mind, long enough. That's what happens when you travel and you deal with those types of things. But what about in the Christian life? Do you think God has ever gotten to a place in your life where he has said, all right, son, all right, daughter, long enough. I've waited, meaning he has waited long enough for you to get moving. We're going to look at a passage of scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 1. Would you look there with me? We're going to begin in verse number 1, read down through maybe verse number 8. And here, we're going to find our text, our theme for this week. Deuteronomy 1.1 says, These be the words which Moses spake unto all Israel on this side Jordan in the wilderness, in the plain over against the Red Sea between Paran and Tophel and Laban and Hazeroth and Dizahab. There are eleven days' journey, verse 2, from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir unto Kadesh Barnea. And it came to pass in the fortieth year, in the eleventh month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spake unto the children of Israel, according unto all that the Lord had given him in commandment unto them. After he had slain Sihon, the king of the Amorites, which dwelt in Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, which dwelt at Ashtaroth and Edari, on this side Jordan, in the land of Moab, began Moses to declare this law, saying... You got to pause for here for just a moment. You realize, of course, that multiple times in Scripture, God has his man, in these passages at least, namely Moses, rehash the previous 
occurrences, the history that has brought them to this point, how God created the world, yes, and how God brought his people out of Egypt, and how they disobeyed him in the wilderness, and all those types of things, the complaining, and the cursing, and the moaning, and all these occurrences have been rehearsed in their ears a multitude of times. I was reading recently, and I have a message just percolating inside me about remembering and how often God has his people or endeavors to cause his people to remember. That's not the theme for today. But here we are on the cusp of a remembrance. But there's also a challenge right off the bat. Look at verse number six. The Lord... Our God spake unto us in Horeb. Remember, this is Moses declaring the law. The Lord our God spake unto us in Horeb, saying, Ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. This is God through his man, the auspices of the Holy Spirit, remembering, memorializing something that happened previously. But I believe there's a grave challenge here. Verse 7, God speaking, turn you. And take your journey, and go to the mount of the Amorites, and unto all the places nigh thereunto, in the plain, and in the hills, and in the vale, and in the south, and by the seaside, to the land of the Canaanites, and unto Lebanon, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land, which the Lord swear unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them, and to their seed after them. This is a kind of a complete thought here, but it begins with this implication, this challenge, this notice. It almost sounds like something that would be put up on a billboard in offices, corporate. They ask, hey, did you get the memo? My question is, Christian friend, have you gotten the memo like the Israelites did here about long enough? I see here in verse number six. The Lord our God spake to us in Horeb, saying, Ye have dwelt long enough. It's time to move on. And that's my challenge to you today and this week. We're going to look at at least three different areas. We'll begin tomorrow. But three different areas that it may be time to move on. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I like to stew in my own juices. I like to just revel in my rebellion. I like to just stay in my seclusion. But Christians are called, both in our lives and at the end of our lives, we are called onward and upward. My question is, will you heed the call today and this week? Maybe the Holy Spirit is already convicting you about something you have dwelt long enough with. Some sin, maybe just some attitude, some mindset that it's time to move on from. My question is, will you heed that call today? Now, before we go any further, I want to tell you I'd love to hear from you. Just the other day, I got an encouraging text from a friend, uh, Casey. If you're listening right now in Philadelphia, can I tell you what a blessing your text was to me? 
I, I truly, honestly, to read it just not that long ago, to read that faithful listener, he wakes up with this program just about every day. Casey, thank you for that, but thank you for the kind words you also said. But I'd love to hear from you. Maybe you're not Casey from Philadelphia, but you'd like to text in. I'd love to hear from you. Maybe you have a comment. I'd love to hear it. Maybe you have a criticism. I want to hear that too, because I've found in every critique, there is always a grain of truth, something I can learn from. But maybe you just have a question. I'd love to answer that for you. You can text me at 309-316-7240. I'll give it to you one more time real slow. Text me directly at 309-316-7240. Zero. Tomorrow on the broadcast, we're going to continue and we're going to get practical about this thought of long enough. We're going to apply it to where you live and unfortunately where I live. Maybe I'll get convicted a little bit more tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Michael McCurry. You've been listening to Bible Tract Echoes and I'm so thankful that you have been. Have a great day for his glory. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 604 A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.